everybody to random movie generator the movie podcast that's a little bit cheeky uh, my uh, co-presenter is I'm david william uh, nicholas edwards that's my full title on my passport and on my birth certificate mm-hmm. that's who i am and you were born in uh, march 29th i didn't know you were born in i'm a march absolutely boy. i met someone else yesterday who's um, march as well I was like, goodness oh. me, a lot of people marching out of their mother's womb on that same month. Yeah, wow. So how old will you be this year? I will be this year. I always have to remind myself, because I'm always so anxious about my age, that I always give myself the next year in my head. And it's like, well, you're not that yet, but you're always preparing yourself. But when I hit March 29th, I will be 46. That's a frightening age. Chunky. That's chunky change. That really is a lot of... Um, that's, I've got my thing. Yeah. You wait for the 50. Yeah, goodness me. You're not 50 yet. You don't you? like that I'm going to be 50, do you? Not at all. You're looking good. <laughs> You've got... I always feel like you go, oh, God, no, you're 50. You're looking good for, for 50. You've got a good head of hair. That's number one. When they when the light hits my hair at a certain direction, when I look at look in the toilet mirror, it's like, a, it's like a blonde yellow cloud. It's like a haystack. That you can see through the barn door in. Do you know what I mean? It's fifties having an effect on me. When I so you fifty this March? Wowzers! What have you got planned for the? See, you don't like it because you go wowzers. Well, I'm, I'm I'm just right behind you. Do you know what I mean? It's just like you know we're all marching in the same direction, aren't we? Yeah. But then again, I've got I've got a lot of heroes that are in their fifties. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of people who. who? Um, Adam Buxton's a bit of a hero, and he's his 50s, and he... Is he? Is he a hero? Oh, you? yeah, I'd say he's definitely a hero. Definitely. I'm a big fan of Adam and Joe and all that, and his podcasts and all that. You know, that whole sort of Louis Theroux kind of group type of thing. And oh, um, you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, I enjoy all that sort of pop culture and stuff. What do you think of Joe Cornish's movies? I've not seen them. Joe Cornish's movies, um, Attack the Block, I thought was really, really good. Oh, God, his Netflix show... I can't remember the name of it. I'm terrible with titles, which isn't good for a film review show. But his Netflix ghost show, which is almost yeah. like a young literature, you know, um, a style kind of ghost hunter show. Uh, I saw that. I only got one series from Netflix and it was cancelled, which they do a lot of anyway. But I thought that was very well written and structured. Definitely. Right. Attack the Block, I thought was extremely good. But at the same time, it pointed out to me what a genius Spielberg is. You know, to create those kind of like... Um, suburban set escapist fantasy films and to get it up to the level of E.T. you've almost got to be a Mozart so don't get it wrong I wouldn't be able to produce a tablet block but you could still see that it wasn't quite in those you know, it was aspiring to be that sort of John Carpenter Spielberg kind of creature feature uh, genre uh, mashup and um, but it was it was bloody good do you know what I mean it still held together well it was a very um well-constructed script, certainly. <clears throat> and what, what was the other, what's the other film? The other one done? was a King Arthur film that had a kind of uh, time bandits vibe to it. 
And it's a kid who finds Excalibur in a um, a building site, and he brings the stone out of the uh, brings the sword out of the stone, and he gets um, King Arthur's powers. And it's him and his schoolmates go on an adventure, Ooh, and nice um, oh, it is. And uh, Merlin appears in a different body as as a young kid, and I think he was related to Kate Blanchett. He was related to Kate a, Bush. Was it Kate Bush? Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. It was, it was a well-known um, uh, female figure in the industry, and he got really good reviews for that. I thought it was okay. I can see why it was um, uh, financed because it had Harry Potter potential all over it. You know, he gets the whole school together, more secondary school, comprehensive, relatable environment than um, Hogwarts. And they take on the uh, the evil villain, which I think is the villain that appears in the King Arthur mythology. So it had lots of potential there. Certainly. Do you remember the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon? I certainly do. Absolutely. I remember that. Sat there on a Garfield beanbag, eating Cocoa Pops, and I didn't realise it would all go downhill from there. They were my days. <laughs> they are heady days. They are heady days. They... Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely. Dungeons and Dragons. And then you had the Dungeon Master that would turn up. And you had Eric, who was scared. And then you had the guy with the blonde locks, who was the archer. He was good. Oh, God, yeah. He had wonderful uh, blonde um, locks. I don't know. I sort of went back into a homoerotic kind of <laughs> goes then. I don't know, I when that show started... There aren't there weren't many kids shows that I really, really loved. But when that show started, probably that Grange Hill. Oh God, yeah, Grange Hill. What were, maybe why don't you? Oh, why don't you? Amazing. Um, what were your uh, go home uh, food snack treats then when you're watching the stuff? It's always cereal for me. Well, I have a memory of my mum doing me crispy pancakes. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> crispy pancakes and Dungeons and Dragons. I think like Findus crispy pancakes, the cheese one. I love the cheese ones. And also like the mint. In fact, I'd like some now. I don't bloody blame you, mate. I wouldn't mind myself. Do you know what? It makes me think um, it's bizarre. They haven't created like a hotel somewhere in Japan or somewhere bizarre whereby you can be um, eight or ten a game and you just sit there and you have like um, a bizarre mother that makes you all your favourite comfort food. And you just watch 80s throwbacks like City of Gold, Dungeons and Dragons. and Why don't you start start up a... Why don't you do it now? What, actually start the hotel, create it? Well, it doesn't need to be a hotel, but people come in and, I don't know, they spend £100 for an hour. In my flat. And a mother feeds them. Not in your flat, but I don't know. I don't know, maybe it's got... Um, you know, a possibility. What would you do? You come. You'd have to wear your school uniform. You'd come in. No, 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 no. That's just ridiculous. That gets sexual, doesn't it? Yeah, you're quite right. Yeah, yeah, that gets. I always have to go down that road. It's such a such a shame. I have to muddy everything. It's appalling. I've watched you. What? I'm trying to think. Um, a good old ninety shell suit. No, it doesn't have to be that astounding, doesn't it? Do you, do you, surely you can wear what you want. Absolutely. You wanna... I don't know why. Well, maybe. I don't, I don't know. So I'm Jimmy Stewart and Vertigo. I'm trying to dress everyone like, to meet my vision. Uh, yeah, it's got to be... Uh, Do you like being tickled? Until I feel as though it's out of control, it's not going to stop. <laughs> See, I like a tickle. I love a tickle, okay. as long as it doesn't go too much. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of... No. But me and my wife, uh, we're talking about creating a tickling centre called the Light Touch Centre. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Light Touch. <laughs> www.lighttouch. So you, so you go into a room and there's like... 
there's different tickling sticks. Like there's a feather, or there might be like a gra- a long bit of grass with a straw with some wheat, and and you go, I'll have the I'll have the long feather, please, and you just get tickled. But then we thought there'd be loads of men coming in who want a bit more. Oh, so we shut down the light touch center. That um, masculine libido has to ruin everything, doesn't it? Anything pure, it has to taint in some manner. It's terrible. But I'd pay. I would pay a hundred quid to go in the light touch center for an hour. As long as I had an emergency word, like I don't know, caterpillar or whatever, and that meant they'd stop um, tickling me. I got overwhelmed, hundred percent. Oh, okay, okay. We well, could easily just say stop. Oh, yeah. Doesn't have to be. And so code. they'll pull the feather away. And there you go. And start again, please. Absolutely on my feet. Yeah, I'd like to be um, tickled. So what since I've been tickled, actually. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, um, I remember the, the last time being tickled, being on a laminated kitchen floor in Waterlooville and being tickled. By who? Um, I think it was my sister milkman. or brother. It could be the milkman. Oh. He always used to get involved. It's like, what are you doing here? It's my birthday. Why are you always here on my birthday? But it's a case of, um, yeah, it's. I do remember that. And then it getting too much. Then you know, crying always ended against them. Highs and lows, like a like, like a roller coaster. So, bit of chat there about uh, a load of old bollocks. Eighties nostalgia. We, yeah, exactly. I did love the dad. Uh, have they ever made a movie of that? They did make a film of it very recently. Uh, it wasn't this no. Christmas. It was last Christmas. Christopher Pine starred in it. Uh, what? But it wasn't. Um, not based on those no, characters. No, it wasn't based on those characters, ah. no. But they do make references to those characters in the film. Right, right. But they should just bloody turn the cartoon. It's made. That cartoon is right. made. I mean, we could start casting it now. As I say that, I can't think who would play Eric. I'll say that. I haven't got a clue. But do you remember the unicorn? That was great. Uni. Uni? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll look at them now. If, for those of you who don't know Dungeons & Dragons, a cartoon, well worth Googling. Because we might be spending three minutes on it now. Um, Who would I get to direct it? I would get. Um, I think. Do you need children, or are we going for young uh, adults? You go or? for like um, teenagers, basically. I think. Oh, I don't. I, okay. Um, yeah. A bit of a. Uh, well, yeah, I'm I out. mean, a young Tom <laughs> Holland would be good for one of the characters. That's the kind of thing you'd, you'd want to go for. I think Jason Reitman did a good job for Ghostbusters Afterlife. He'd be a good director. And Wes Ball. The guy who did um, Maze Runner. Anyway, David, how's your movie week well, been? It's very apt this this movie because it fits in perfectly with what we were talking about. Um, basically, I saw uh, all of us strangers. Um, it's a very it basically it stars Andrew Scott, and a lot of people are amazed that he didn't get nominated for an Oscar for this one. And uh, Paul Manset Matt. Metzel, who's in Gladiator 2, I've got his name wrong again, M-E-N-D-S-A-L, Menzel, Menzel, that's the name of the uh, chewing gum, or it should be a name for chewing gum, or some kind of mint you put in your mouth to freshen yourself before kissing a lady, kind of thing. Um, What's his name? Let's get that right, because he's probably one oh, of the yeah, stars. Oh yeah, he's one of the stars, he's going to be a massive star as well. What's his, how do you pronounce his name? It's... I don't know who he oh, is. Oh, for goodness. Oh, that's not... That usually helps me out when you actually know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, basically, he was in... Um, uh, uh, da, 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 da. Oh, no, this has gone terrible. We have to edit this. <laughs> uh, Mascal. 
Paul Mescal. Oh, okay, Paul Paul Mescal. Yes, that's it. Thank God. There we go. I really hit a, a, a brain loop freeze then. Dear God, it's like the beginning of that new is Ghostbusters. Paul, am I right, stuff. Paul Mescal? Is it, that his name? I'm pretty sure it is. It's like the beginning of that new Ghostbusters trailer where everything just gets iced, frozen, and my brain went into that uh, mode. Okay, yeah. So, um, basically, uh, it's called All of Us Strangers, and it's done very well with the critics. And I went into this film with uh, preconceptions that um, it's basically a, um, a, gut, uh, a gay love experience drama. So I was expecting um, uh, My Beautiful Laundrette, Brokeback Mountain, you know, uh, two men coming together, uh, you know, a, a intense, dramatic British social realism romance. And uh, what you get is, basically, Andrew Scott is a, um, a scriptwriter. He's in his uh, apartment on his own. And he's, he's in a funk. He's lonely. He's trying to write a script. And he's trying to use his childhood as inspiration. Because someone at some point he refers to in dialogue says, you've got to be personal with your script writing these days for people to commission it. And he's in this building in London and it's just him and another guy living in the building because he has bought the property early, so it's cheap. And the guy who's in the other um, flat in this massive building in the docks of London, he works for the company who owns the building, the lease. So um, he's in there and uh, they see each other and it's kind of like a bit flirtatious. Is something going to take place? And how uh, do they flirt? Uh, yes, and they flirt. That's it. Yeah. No, how do they flirt? Oh well, Paul Mascal knocks on his door one time. And he's got this Japanese whiskey. And he's leaning against the, uh, and he's like, "Were you looking at me?" He's got to be said. He plays a good drunk, Paul Mascal. Realistic. And Andrew Scott's a bit taken back that he's being quite forward. He's like leaning against the door, drunk. And um, he's kind of like uh, interrupting his evening type of thing. But there's a bit of chemistry there. Anyway, um, to take a break from his script, he then goes on a train ride and um, he meets another man who comes out and he goes to his local town where he grew up in the script. And he meets a local man and he's got like a fully marked Mercury tash on and a jacket. And uh, Andrew Scott's quite taken and quite quite shocked to see him and you thought oh is this a, an old love you know is this like it's going to be a love triangle and it turns out it's revealed that he's bumped into his father that died in the 1980s and it suddenly takes this massive fantasy time travel turn it's like whoa i wasn't expecting that no 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 but i would do if i carried on it's got a lot of twists that that's information you get in the trailer and you get from reviewers but there are some big, big twists. And he goes, come on, you're late. We need to go home. And he goes to his home, which should be completely empty and derelict. Um, and his mother's waiting for him. And his father and his mother have not aged since the 1980s. David, this feels like the movie that's made for you. 100%. Yeah, it definitely had a lot of 80s vibes. And loads of Pet Shop Boys and Eraser songs in the background real nostalgia stuff and also um like you see them um preparing for christmas and they're watching top of the pops uh, they're eating kp peanuts uh you've got an argus catalog in the background it's proper 80s nostalgia but the thing is his parents died in a car crash when he was 12 and he's got massive issues about them it's basically like back to the future through a british social realism lens 
and the cinematography is very clever. Who wrote this? It's the guy. Um, uh, again, I've gone international new database. He's done other stuff. I listened to him on a podcast. So it's ridiculous. I haven't got his. Um, uh, he. I read the script actually afterwards, and the script really is very good. Andrew just to Hague. Read. Hague. Um, yes, and he wrote another fascinating um, script. Yeah, it's Paul Mascal. Yeah, and. Um, you oh, read... he did 45 years. Yes, have you seen 45 yeah, years? Yeah, I have seen that. Is it yeah, good? Amazingly. That's, that's yeah. a fascinating one, isn't it? He finds his ex-love uh, fossilised or in the ice, frozen, doesn't he? And then he has to reveal. Isn't it 45 years about that? So he's no. got to reveal that he had a... Um... Married couple preparing to celebrate their wedding anniversary. And then something gets involved that ruins oh, it. Oh, maybe. Yeah, sorry, but I've forgotten. <laughs> and, and, and you're right and he's got to reveal that he had a um an, aff- an affair with this woman and it ruins their um life together 45 oh, years God, yeah, sorry basically right. a married couple preparing to celebrate their wedding anniversary will see shattering news that promises to uh, forever change the course of their lives yeah, he suddenly feels as though he's got a debt to pay to an old love right. type of thing god i don't remember then but this one is fascinating in the sense that it's very much based, grounded in reality, but there's a fantasy element as well, which is so hard. It's like any interesting films are hybrid, isn't it? A mix of genres. So you went with Ryan? I didn't. I <gasps> oh, absolutely, yes. Why? Because of work commitments, basically. Unfortunately. unfortunately. So, or maybe he's just sick of me, the cinema, and my bizarre eating. I don't know. But I, I still like to watch a film for the podcast. He, he, he was busy, though, ultimately. I mean, he had a, a really hectic week. Did you but, want to go, though? Um, it, the film still grabbed me type of thing. Oh, no, it felt like this is homework. No, 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 no. Because, I mean, the film was interesting type of thing. Um, but obviously, you know, it's, it's not the same about Ryan there type of thing. But um, it's a case of I still felt as though, you know... Uh, I enjoyed, enjoyed doing the podcast with your good self, you know, and um, wanted to make sure I was fueled and ready to give some kind of review feedback. Becky Miz says, uh, completely ignored your request to back off the mic a bit. Oh, good grief. <laughs> Thank you, Becky Miz. <laughs> no, I'm the I always have to do that because you can sort of hear it better. Absolutely, but yeah, you're quite right. When you're at head, talk about yeah. acoustics. You don't want some uh, vibrating middle-aged man in your ear. You'll listen to the podcast. <laughs> Vibrating village man, dear God. Going back to the Light Touch Centre. Imagine pitching that to the Hollywood people. I'm going to make those middle-aged men vibrate. David, 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 when you go on your own, does that change the way you eat? Are you a little bit more... No, I, I finished off my pick-a-mix. I had a massive pick-a-mix that cost me like 12 quid uh, last week. Again? Either. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I finished off, absolutely. So, That's very, very good of you to stay off the pick-a-mix throughout the week. Yeah, I guess because it's... Like, I guess food is so psychological. When you're not... Oh, I left it in the car. There's no way. If I left it in the flat, you know, I'd have even eaten the the, uh, the bag, you know, like a seagull. I just pecked into it manically. <laughs> like some, you know, spaniel dog who'd found a Christmas present that no one had noticed. Do you know what I mean? Just rip- but it's still interesting that you can put leave it in the glove box and that will be enough of a barrier for you to not continue yeah. with them because well, i think my, i'll just go down that box. yeah i think it's a case of the car represents work to me like going to the work going work coming home i've done my laundry you know i'm very much in a different mind so yeah it's very interesting yeah we're right. 
we're just surrounded by triggers that create a habit, don't we? It's just, uh, it is fascinating. But, and then when, when you're not near those triggers, you're so weak. And just because it's like a stone's throw away outside my flat in a silver box, I just have no expectations at all. How do you feel going to cinema on your own? Because when I go to football on my own, I'm sort of I'm sort of used to it now, but I still feel like a bit of a twat. Yeah, I think uh, there is that element. Well, the other bizarre thing is I was the only person in the cinema to watch the film. Yeah, so no uh, tango to my cash. And no David, I've got to ask you, if this was 50, 10, 15 years ago, did, were you going to the cinema a lot then? Oh, yeah, God, with Ryan, yeah. What would that have looked like on a Friday night, say, 10, 15 years ago? Would it have been busy? It's, it's a quirky indie film. Yeah. Uh, so you would at least had half the auditorium there. It would have been Ghost with Patrick Swayze. So depressing. But, yeah, it's very... Um, Is this a post-COVID thing or just a, a streaming thing? It's um, Post-COVID got people more comfortable with the streaming thing. So the two of them have gone hand in hand. And also, it's not just streaming. It's a case of, like, the younger audience have got so much other entertainment. It's Fortnite, YouTube, Instagram. They want more than one screen up. They're just very roadblocks. It's all very, very different now, isn't it? It's not even just streaming. There's loads of stuff out there. I think um, for you to go to the cinema now, it's like the theatre. It's more of an event. You know, you probably book your tickets. Yeah, I feel sad. It is the end of a... Uh, you went on a Friday night. Has it just come oh, out? Oh, no, it wasn't script? Friday night. It was a Thursday night, actually. Thursday, okay. But, yeah. But you still would have expected it to be half Oh, yeah, definitely, ago. yeah. Oh, 100%, yes. It's a brand new film. And um, it's done very well at the BAFTAs and stuff like that, certainly. I'm done. See you later. I've dropped them. I should, you no, know. I'm done. I- I'm glad I'm nearly 50. I'm done. But the thing is, I guess it's a case of, you know... Um, I, I was listening to a podcast about this and I guess, you know, we're just nostalgic for a time that has come to an end. You know, we're into the yeah. metaverse now. It's virtual reality. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, it's like those new Apple goggles that are coming out. That are like what, are they? Next what are they? They are basically these VR goggles whereby um, they're the augmented reality and Apple thinks it's going to take over the iPhone. And they're, they're massive ski goggles now. And your whole PC will be on, uh, will be through these goggles, so you'll be typing in midair into nothing. And the ultimate thing is to turn it into glasses. But they want um, everyone to use cameras. So um, uh, they use Apple cameras. So everything's more like a VR experience when it comes to filmmaking. And they're giving everyone these cameras free of charge. But the other thing is, you can go to the cinema in virtual reality now. If you want to sit in a dark room and watch a massive screen, you can do that in your Apple goggles. So you don't have to go to a physical cinema to go to the cinema now. And then you can have all your friends around you, but there'll be avatars. Like uh, you'll have the Iron Giant next to you. You'd have Garfield next to you, but Garfield's really your mother. That's confusing, isn't it? That's a confusing world we're going to live in. Uh, uh, Are they available to buy now? Uh, They are 3.5,000 though, and they hurt after a while. Someone said they saw Star Wars on the Apple goggles. And uh, they didn't get to the Millennium Falcon because it was too painful. So you're Hang paying... on a minute. I don't know what... What? So I, I'm, I put the goggles on. What am I doing? So basically, you put the goggles on. At the moment, because they're not using the Apple camera, The um, uh, you can't look everywhere. 
it hasn't got like the John Favreau's looking at that at the moment, the director of um, Mandalorian, whereby I don't understand how it happened because cinema is all about pointification, isn't it? It's pointing your your direction and attention and constantly editing is like subtly manipulating you. But with VR goggles, if it's a 380 degree scan, you can look away from Han and Luke talking to the other parts of Tatooine, like, I don't know, the band playing. So it'd be a new form of storytelling, I guess. But the other thing is um, you can just go to, you can have an IMAX experience with the Apple goggles, whereby you can just sit there on your own in an auditorium and have a massive screen in front of you and watch it like that. So there's different options there massively. But the one that's out now would be like for a millionaire, well, a millionaire, but a very wealthy man's toy because um, it wouldn't be worth it now. All woman, absolutely. Woman, man, beast, ghost, poltergeist, anyone can get involved. We've really gone off all our strangers, haven't we? I do apologise. We've kind of... No, not at all. Bloody hell, David. Bloody well, hell. I was hoping it's going to be the next iPhone. This 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 pod really has uh, lost shape, isn't it? Massively. It doesn't matter. We're just having conversation. Just chatting. Just chewing the yeah. podcast. Well, all of us strangers. Oh God. Yeah, it feels like you 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 were pretty taken by it. I was taken by it. it was uh, and also Claire Voy, who was obviously in Dra- uh, Lady, uh, uh, Dragon Tattoo, uh, Girl of the Dragon Tattoo reboot. And also the queen in the crown. She's the mother. And also the other thing is they're from the 80s, the mum and the dad. So the idea of homosexuality for them is a lot more fraught. And they've got the HIV AIDS element. And I think even as a 12-year-old, he was aware that he had a different sense of sexuality. And he was always slightly preoccupied of how his dad would embrace it. And he was never able to sort of um, tell his parents the person he actually was, I think, because they didn't grow up with him. And um, he gets to discuss his sexuality with them in this kind of like fantasy mode in a bizarre way. Jeff Dale says, it's a strapping big telly on your head that has a big black board around the edge and you lug a small yet irritating battery pack around with you. That's what it is at the moment. He should have done the Apple's pitch. That's almost <laughs> Steve Jobs on the iPhone. Right. Okay. So it's guessing time. All of us, all of us strangers. Yes. All of us strangers. How many chalk ices out of five is David going to give it? Um, I think my guess is that you were positive, but not overly so. But you thought it was a good film. But we shall wait and see. How many chalk ices out of five? Have a guess at home. Spronks has had a guess. Becky misses it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, David, all of us strangers, how many chalk ices out of five are you going to give it? I'm going to give it a very strong four. All chalk ices. Oh, there we go. So, so near. Oh, a lot of people saying four. Andy McH said three point five. I was I was with him then. Has anyone seen it in the chat box at all? Yeah, or? has anyone seen all of us? Very interested to see what they think. Yeah, let's know. I saw DDD PPP, I saw it and would give four point five. Yeah, he's uh, do you know what? The only thing I'd say is that um I've spoken to a lot of people who've seen it as well, and all of them have said they're in tears. And I thought to myself, 
and also the, the ending for them there's some amazing twists don't get me wrong very clever twists and i was like wow door on the floor but i wouldn't say i was in tears tears and oh, i wasn't in tears at all i was more like stroking my chin oh, that's a nice touch you know um but um it's a case of uh yeah it, it's very good though i thought that i think anything that you cried at the take that movie i know it's the same. How, how, how much did you cry again at it? Was it like? <laughs> I felt. I thought I was going to get tearful again uh, in the auditorium, walking out in the hallway. I felt myself hyperventilating again. I've got to watch this film, and I wasn't. But the thing is, don't because the thing is, it was. It triggered me. We're back to the pick and mix and the Skoda again. Do you know what I mean? There was like, there's Gary Barlow triggers. I grew up with all the songs. It's really. There's oh, some David, really David, moments. David. Peter R.M., I would give all of us strangers four and a half, devastatingly sad. Haven't cried so much in a cinema in a long time. Absolutely. And everyone is like that except the robot, Dave Edwards. Why, why do you think that is? I don't know. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, yeah, I question myself there slightly. Have I just numbed myself out with too much sugar? I've medicated myself too much. I don't entirely know. I mean, there are things that always get me, like the end of E.T. and stuff like that. I I don't entirely... Um, I don't think the end of E.T. does always get you. I think oh, it you does. Oh, it really? does. Yeah, yeah. I definitely. can imagine you watching like that. No, E.T. But then again, E.T.'s um, soaked in nostalgia and take yeah. that soaked in nostalgia. Nostalgia is a really bad drug, do you know what I mean? It's right. really, it gets you nowhere. Right. It's almost like... Um, you're chasing apparitions in an empty desert. You're thirsty. Thank you so much, David, for this week's you, Movie we, of the Week review. Movie of the Week review. Check it out. A four chocolates is out of five from David, so that is a goodie. You should check it out as well, David, because I think you'd really like it. You and your your lady friend would like it a lot. Definitely. Well, my wife. My wife. Oh, my I, I always try. <laughs> I always try to keep it um, sort of, uh, you know, um, the personal. I like. To, I like to keep it cryptic. So you know. Yeah. Nothing Thank you, David. Be behind the red velvet Muppets curtain of showbiz. Keep it, uh, <laughs> keep it light. <laughs> Moving news. Um, some interesting little snippets. Basically, um, uh, Brad Pitt is definitely going to have a starring role in the movie Critic, which is Quentin Tarantino's tenth and final film. So Brad Pitt's going to be in that. Is there more news on Quentin Tarantino's? All we know is it's about a film critic who writes for a porn magazine in LA in the 70s. We don't know if the actual film critic's going to be Pitt, but he is going to play a, an important role in the movie. At the moment. Oh. And um, he's um, going to start filming at some point this year. He's already got the script in place, which is pretty quick. They thought he was going to have quite a, um, a sabbatical in between and work on other projects, such as a Reservoir Dogs play he was going to look at and other film criticism books. Because his last film criticism book was very good. I really enjoyed that. It was great. Mm. So I always get more excited about the idea of a Oh, 100%. 
Yeah. I know. Well, I find that with just life full stop. Yeah, no, that's true. When you actually sit and yeah. watch the thing, I much prefer listening to podcasts about films and actually watching them, which is just insane. Um, so you've got that. The other thing that's that's just coming to an end is the Sundance Film Festival, which is really important because, yes, indie films aren't as um, important within the realms of cinema these days because, um, you know, uh, more and more streaming uh, companies buy them. But um, there's some important films that have come out. One that's done really well at Sundance is um, Presence, starring Stevens, sorry, directed by Steven Sonnenberg. Uh, which is uh, a ghost story all, all, the, all from the perspective of a ghost. And it's supposed to be very, very clever. So you'd see the whole haunted uh, film from the POV of a ghoul, ultimately. And it's supposed to be a very, very clever take. The other What's that one, called again? Um, Presence. And um, the other one that's done very well is called DD, D-I-D-D-I. And it's a coming-of-age film set in 2008 about an American-Asian kid who um, makes friends with some skateboarders because he films videos for them for the internet. And it, they say it's very much high school set coming-of-age, but it's more the style of the uh, acting and the tone. And the, um, the director is called Sean Wang. He's 28, and he's very much the toast of Sundance this month. And he's also done a documentary that's been nominated for an Oscar. So he's got this double whammy where it's a short-form documentary about his grandparents, um, American-Asian. And he's done this uh, coming-of-age film. So he's the king of Sundance and he's Oscar-nominated. So like all the agents are around him like honey, to bees to honey. What's the film called again? D-D, D-I-D-I. And the other one that's done incredibly well is Jesse Eisenberg's second directorial film called um, It's a Pain, I think it's called. Uh, or This Pain, and it stars him and Corey, uh, Kieran Culkin, and they're cousins, and they go to Poland because a relative dies, and they go on a tour of uh, different Holocaust museums, which has obviously got that Sundance indie, more character-based and plot-orientated focus, but that also got very good reviews. And the other one is a Will Farrell documentary, where Will Farrell goes on a road trip with uh, one of his longest friends that he was friends with for 30 years, who was one of the head writers on Saturday Night Live when he was there. And um, his uh, friend has only revealed very recently, two years ago, that he's transgender and a woman. And to help Will Farrell get this into his head, he goes on a road journey to rebond with the now female version of um, his friend, transgender-wise. So they're going on a road trip together. And that's been bought by Netflix, and that's got very strong reviews. There's some interesting films there. The other one is Jesse Eisenberg. is about, um, which I haven't seen any clips for, which just sounds nuts, a family of yetis with hardly any, as in like Big Feet, Bigfoot's family. Uh, Eisenberg plays Daddy Bigfoot with fur and everything. And it's about them moving from one home to another home. And there's hardly any dialogue in it at all. Um, I can't, I think it's something Yeti something. Sorry, if you put Jason, uh, um, uh, if you put Eisenberg and you put Yeti in, it'll come out. And it's him dressed as a Yeti, hardly it's any dark. Oh, it's called Yeti. There you go. I doubt myself too much. Myself I think, too I don't much. Know if, is it called Yeti? I don't know if it is. Sorry. Sasquatch. Oh, Sasquatch. There you go. The other word for Bigfoot. Sorry. Is Yeti another word? Sasquatch Sunset, it's called. There you go. And it's hardly any dialogue. He's dressed as a Sasquatch. Oh, it weirds out Sundance with Bigfoots having sex. 
wowzers. I didn't realise that. Bigfoot intercourse. So do you like watching stuff like that? Um, Not exactly. If there's a David Attenborough voice over the background, it makes you feel it's educational, not pornographic. Which always helps. I'm learning, not being aroused type of thing, which is good. Yeah. Um, I wonder how they have sex, yetis. Goodness me. I think you've got to make sure there's no minors around you. Don't fall on them. Do you know what I mean? I think, I guess... They've got, it might be feet orientated. I don't know. That might be feet. That. Well, they've got large feet, haven't they? So I don't know if they perhaps lay on their backs and kind of tickle each other's toes together or something like that. Because that's where their sensory glands are, apparently. What, I don't yetis? Know. Yetis, absolutely. Because they're very, very soft on their feet, aren't they? You can never see that they, um, they can dart around very, very quickly. They're like ballerinas that dress as giant teddy bears, basically. <laughs> On their tippy tippy toes. <laughs> but that's the idea, isn't it? That you can never see them. Absolutely, that's where you go. Remember Bigfoot and the Hendersons? He would appear behind a tree trunk and then suddenly they'd look around and he'd be gone. Because he'd like dash off somewhere. But then they, they knocked him over in the car. God, I remember that. Talk about <laughs> cocoa pots and pop tarts sitting there. And they strapped into the top of the car, didn't they? Took him home. I, I don't know. that game. Fucking hell, a full stop. <laughs> That bit deep died, Bigfoot and the Hendersons. Yeah, they, it's um, the villain from Cliffhanger. He's a very respected actor. Uh, he's been in loads of stuff. I can't remember his name. Somewhere in the, in the Patreon chat will remember his name and, and shame me. And um, they take him home. Like, a bit like Harry the and the Hendersons? Harry and the Hendersons. John Lithgow. John Lithgow, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll have to watch that again. I remember um, I've Harry's... I've got to get cracking. Sorry, though. mate. Sorry, sorry. No, no. I'm sorry. No, I am. They, no, I am. We're all sorry, do you know what I mean? It's simple as that. It's a good thing to be. There's it's lots sorry. of good good films, basically. Good bit lots of news. Of, lots of good films on the way, amigos. Lots yeah. of good films. Thank you, David, for this week's movie news. Thank you. David Edwards, Random Movie Review. So, this week's random movie review is... What did Finley... uh... I was given uh, Blood and Gold. It's a German film. uh, 2023 action film. and um, On Netflix? It was on Netflix. Netflix bought it after it went to film festivals. I had a very small cinema window in Germany. Um, at the bitter end of World War II, a German deserter and a young woman are drawn into a bloody battle with a group of Nazis hunting for hidden gold. Um, the main lead is looking for his daughter. He is a Nazi deserter and is captured and they try to hang him. Sorry, I'm going to my notes now. Don't yeah. But um, basically, it's a case of Germany, you know, uh, the World War II has come to an end. Everyone's lost their way. More than anything, once again, the economy's crashed. And this small community, a bit Ealing Studios-esque, only slightly, they know there's gold somewhere in those fields. And these Nazis are looking for it. And um, this deserter from the German army, which obviously then makes him likeable, who's deserted them, has gone against the Nazi way before World War II came to an end. He's hunting for his daughter, but then he gets sucked into this kind of um, hunt for the, uh, the gold, basically. Hmm. I always like to study your face when you're explaining a uh, film whether whether it's uh, tickled your yeti glands well i came into this with no idea at all i'd never yeah. heard of it you looked uh, a bit 
you're a bit saddened when it came up last week. And I, I'm pleasantly surprised. It's got a definite Tarantino energy to it. It's definitely a genre mashup. At times, it feels more like a western. Uh, the action is quite gonzo um, bonkers at times. You know, like um, rocket launchers going to cathedrals, uh, jeeps exploding. Right up your strata. Absolutely right, my strata. To the extent it was like, gosh, that's painful slash enjoyable. You know How I mean? far into the movie did you go? Oh, settle in here. Quite like this. Probably when they try and hang him. And then um, a female character from the village comes in and saves him. And, um, uh, oh, and, and the, um, the female character's disabled uh, brother is captured by the Germans and she comes and saves them. There's a lot going on, but the plot is quite basic, but it's got a good tone to it. It's, um, it's almost got like a hot fuzz action, you know, where it's just like a bit mental. It's almost got that kind of, and it's a nice mix up between kind of, um, Wild West vibe mixed in with World War Two, Ealing Studio. It's not Ealing Studio comedy literally, but it's got that community vibe to it. Do you know what I mean? Um, whiskey galore type of feel. Uh, and there's a lot going on, certainly. Wow. Is anyone else? What's it called? Blood and... Blood and Gold. At times, especially... Spo- but... Liam said spoilers. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry, that's only Act 1. There's no other spoilers because there are twists that go in there. I would say um, at times... The, um, the effects can be a little too CGI, but because it's so gonzo and nuts and, and tongue-in-cheek, uh, you kind of forgive it because it is a bit over the top. It's DJ Swad says, I saw it, it had very Western movie vibes. Yeah, very. So it's it's like anything, isn't it? You find if you're trying to create something new, it's why um, Edgar Wright's done so well. He's, he's, and it's why Attack the Block perhaps wasn't perfect. Attack the Block didn't know if it wanted to be funny or scary, and through doing that, it cancelled each other out. But Edgar Wright's very talented at finding that perfect blend. Because, you know, there are times in Shaun the Dead where they're surrounded in the Winchester and you you feel scared and timid for them in between the very intense humour. It's why Wallace and Gromit was good, the earlier ones. Do you know what I mean? It's got a, um, it's it's, it's pressing a lot of genre G spot buttons. Well, I like it when you uh, movies pick randomly and you're pleasantly surprised. I like that. That's just—it's like um, uh, we are. What's it? Uh, I keep calling it "We Are Strangers." What's that one I just reviewed? It's just terrible. All of the strangers. All of the strangers. I've got, I've got a hideous memory recall issue. It's terrible. But um, that's probably why I enjoyed it so much. Because I wasn't expecting the fantasy element. I've never seen Jamie Bell with a moustache. I remember someone saying to me recently, I, I don't think I'd recognise him with a moustache, and I didn't. So the whole thing was just, like, unexpected. I, I think trailers and hype, I love. I eat it up, like, you know, um, know renting, eating, licking heroin from, like, a burnt spoon. But it does ruin it from you in a big way, do you know what I mean? Well, let's have a little listen to Blood and Gold. Absolutely. Das ist doch ein Knopf, oder? Mal sehen, ob das Köpfchen abreißt oder ob wir bauen. Meine Damen und Herren, darf ich präsentieren den Glöckner von Zahnenberg. Der Glöckner unser Buckel. Geschwacht auf! I'm gonna 
Okay, a German film with Western vibes, and it absolutely thrilled David by tickling his Yeti feet. Well, it's a lovely callback. There you go. Wow. Okay, so it's now to, down to us to guess how many chalk ices out of five Davey's going to give it. Pleasantly surprised. Enjoyed it. Hmm. Uh, moves along at a pace, David. Hmm. Definitely he's on a pace. Um, one hour and 40 minutes. And um, Perfect. Yeah, I don't want to... Um, because yeah. I, mean, I haven't given Give away any... too much. No, but I mean there are you know elements within it. I don't want to because all I've said is just I've just sung its praises really. But there are aspects whereby the, you you get introduced to the uh, the community and um, you, there's lots of characters in the background and they're there really to set up the plot. But then they're not of any real significance near the end, and they don't really have a character arc. And that was a bit confusing at times. And it's more about the film has got more charm than um, innovative plot, put it that way. There, there are a few twists. There are a few twists. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay. it's more charm, I'd say, and an interesting uh, hybrid mashup. Okay, so, David Edwards, uh, please, people are guessing now. David Edwards, how many chalk ices out of five are you going to give blood and gold? There we go. High podcast five. Yes. A lot of people went three point five. Guy Anderson, Jeff Dale, Sam Paul, H.C. Musler, uh, Nicola Haddo, 3.5. Becky went three. She'll be kicking herself. Lenny Remy went four. He'll be kicking himself. Sam C.O. changed his mind to three. He'll be kicking himself. Amanda Burrows went 3.5. Liam Diamond said solid four. He'll be kicking himself. Okay. These people are giving us their time on a Saturday morning, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They play Chalk Ices. Yeah. It's a nice game, isn't it, Chalk Ices? We should, we should be doing some Chalk Ice merchandise, really, shouldn't we? Yes, we should. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I realised recently that a Viennetta is basically a Chalk Ice, but... Um, Sort of presented in a. I could do a Viennetta now, bizarrely. It's strange you saying that. I think I could do a raspberry Viennetta and just slowly eat that that cone. Absolutely. I don't know why. Viennetta? No, that's a Cornetto. Oh, is it? There we go. Thank God I don't do any ice cream shopping. There we go. I've I've disappointed a lot of five year olds. (laughs) There's your Cornetto and it's a Viennetta. Oh, God. Thank you very much, David, for this week's random movie review. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your ear, your ear holes, your ear drums. The, the, the doorway to anyone's soul. Communication. Hey. Sorry, sorry, go on. Okay, this week's movie tips. Have you got any tippies? I'll tell you what, I've got a wonderful tip that um, kept me going on a very long train journey. Uh, it's the way that Mar- Martin Scorsese would have um, probably, uh, I don't know, 
uh, slapped me around the face with his scarf as he threw it over his shoulder. I watched an entire film on a mobile phone, which you're not allowed to do really if you're a cineast. But there was a there's a new Netflix film that's just come out, and it's called Orion and the Dark. It's a CGI film. How do you spell that, David? So it's O R I O N and the Dark, and um, it's basically it's DreamWorks CGI. It's Orion. 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 What did I call it? Orion. Orion. Thinking of Oreo cookies. Bizarre. Oh, Rob Delaney's in it. Oh, is he? That's interesting. And, and Werner Natasha, Hot Herzog. And Natasha Dimitri is in it. Oh, uh, Chelsea Peretti, Natasha Dimitri, is friend she? Friend of um, your other podcast, Chatterbix. Now, the real goal of this one, though, is it's based on a well-known, uh, apparently, kids' book. I, I don't really know. I uh, read kids' books for a while. Ian and Blyton's more my era. And um, the thing is, the film was adapted and very much remodelled by Charlie Kaufman. And when I first saw that on the trailer, I was like, oh, God, what you get is Charlie Kaufman would have done one draft years ago alongside five other scriptwriters, and they just use his name to promote it. But it's not the case. It's Charlie Kaufman was the only one who touched it and adapted it, and it's a proper Charlie Kaufman project. I didn't even realize he was doing it. Obviously, Charlie Kaufman's the guy who wrote Bing John Malkovich, Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind, uh, Adaptation, worked with Spike Jones, Michel Gondry, and other films. And it really is a proper Charlie Kaufman film. So you've got this 10-year-old kid who's going through severe existential crises, just like um, his other protagonists. He almost looks a bit like a young Charlie Kaufman. It's a very meta-narrative. It's storylines about stories. And it's about a kid that's scared of everything. And uh, darkness comes to visit him and befriend him because darkness is, is um, becoming quite neurotic himself. He's so unpopular. So he takes um, the uh, Orion, um, or Orion, God, Orion. Um, Orion, is that the name of a star? Because that would make sense narrative-wise with the darkness of the sky. And um, basically uh, shows him a day of being darkness where he puts everyone to sleep. And then there's other, it's similar to Inside Out, everyone's got a role. So you meet insomnia, sweet dreams, uh, unknown noises. And it has got that vibe. But there's something, first of all, it's got very Kaufman-esque elements. So it's fascinating to see a Kaufman film. And it's very much in the Kaufman auteur style. You know, the young protagonist is in keeping with um, these other characters. You know, he, he might as well be a young Nicolas Cage from adaptation. Very meta-narrative in that it's people telling stories within stories, um, seeing it from different protagonist points of view. It plays around with storytelling conventions. Very Kaufman-esque, Kaufman-esque. And um, seeing that through a Pixar CGI lens is fascinating. But it's like uh, we've spoken about beforehand. There's something about the pacing and structuring about a film where straight away I was in it. Straight away it grabbed my attention. And I can't even tell you why. It was like slipping into a hot bath. It just hit my button. It was it, The pacing was very quick. You immediately meet the main protagonist. He talks about his fears. A lot of the fears are relatable. Um, and uh, it goes along at a choppy speed. Darkness. I don't know who does the voice for darkness. But I tell you, if you listen to it, it's Seth Rogen. But Seth Rogen's not in it. So they've employed a guy to sound exactly like Seth Rogen, and Darkness is Seth Rogen. It's a Seth Rogen-esque, like, a stoner character. And he's going for his Paul own... Paul Walter Hauser. Well, they they paid Paul Walter Hauser to be Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen was busy that week. 
Is it, it doesn't just... I, Tonya, Black Clansman, Late Night, The Five Bloods, Cruella. Oh, okay. Right, it rings a bell. But, I mean, it's basically, you might as well have got Seth Rogen to the role. Because, I mean, that's, that's who you've got in your head. You that's fucking what... love this. Well, I would say after... Oh, here we go. I know, I know, it's terrible. <laughs> I've like... literally just text Natasha. Um, have you? Yeah. She's really good. She plays Sleepy. And um, it's a character that goes in and out sleep all the time. And the CGI is great because she looks like a... I thought Sesame Street would have sued. She looks just like a Sesame Street character. But the fur element of her looks incredible. But it's very, very good. And very, very impressive. The second act becomes a little boring where um, the young boy starts pushing fear away more. And... Um, uh, starts helping the team out and it becomes like, oh, I know where this is going. But then the third act's very clever as you go from different protagonists' point of views and it becomes less about a story, about storytelling to kids and what's true and what isn't. It's very clever. I mean, there's well, some quite dark extension. I've never moments. seen you. You are... Like, this feels yeah. like... Can my boys watch it? Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Can they? Yeah. Absolutely. And they'll get a lot more out of it than me. Because I've got to see it through the lens of a child, do you know what I mean? So, you know, but it's very, um, but there's something, the first act really does um, keep, and I am terrible with Netflix, may I say. I, if you look at my Netflix list, I just uh, watch and dump, watch and dump. That's why that David Beckham documentary series, I mean, it's celeb trash, don't get me wrong. But for me to watch the whole thing, and the Robbie Williams one as well, What's the whole thing? And it's because I'm a celebrity slag. I love the whole celebrity look. Do you want to do the punk song, Celebrity Slag? Celebrity Slag, Celebrity Slag. I'm all about slagging Celebrity Slag. I want to see them with a big beard up, swagging, swigging tango in the middle of the high street, Celebrity Slag. (laughs) Mother, you've given birth to a Celebrity Slag. That's what you've done. That's what you've given the world. Don't look at me like that. Put your silk cut out. I don't even know what I said. Oh, <laughs> God. I don't even really remember me even singing a Celebrity Slag song last year at week. It's just like a, you know, it's a disaster. It's like I'm an unintentional eternal slash of the spotless mind and my memory's just so poor. It's just like, I just, yeah. I'm basically, after every hour, it's like I've got that bin icon on my computer and I just empty it without knowing. And I've got to find the oh, auto bin hell. empty. I love Celebrity Slag. Absolutely. Be, I don't quite know what, like, from whose viewpoint celebrity slag is. I think sort of, I am the slag. So it's like, you know, um, you're, you're just like, it's a but case sometimes of, you like, you like, I'm sure you said you, something about slagging off celebrities in the last song. I just, yeah, I it doesn't really make quite, sense. I think it's more like slag, like you're just easy, you know, you're just easy on yeah, the yeah, or you're, you're interested, yeah, you're a, you know. Yeah. Bit of a tart. Dirty, so, tart. I think um, back in the day, in like, the 90s when BBC Two was very hip pre-streaming, you can imagine Mark Lamar presenting Celebrity Slag on his show. Yeah, or Antoine de Coin. Oh, de absolutely. Definitely, he'd turn up in, <laughs> with, uh, in a camp limp brisk kind Hello. of like, Welcome to Celebrity Slag. Yeah, well, definitely think, late night yeah. Channel 4 TV. Yeah. yeah. 100%. And you'd have Sarah Cox on there really quite drunk. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. Really, the celebrity <laughs> SLAG, I feel as I shouldn't say it. God, that... Uh, they've just given her way too much free Propresso. Propresso? Propresso, yeah. Propresso. Uh, Propresso, that's it. Yeah, um, a bowl of Propressos. No, uh, that's the name of a crisp. What's the yeah. wine? 
Prosecco. Prosecco, there you go. They're just giving her way too much drink. Who else would be there? Bob Mortimer would be on there. He'd be drunk on a Guinness. That'd yeah, be and then you'd have some band from the from the grunge scene. Yeah, David, who's the one who did, uh, um, oh, is it Loader? Something like that, you know. Dun-dun-dun of rooftops. Oh, do you think they'd be on it? Well, they only had one hit, didn't they? So they'd turn up to try and promote their next song type of thing. Dancing in the moonlight. Why would they be on Slippery Snacks? No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be on. Cooler Shaker would be on something like Yeah, Cooler Shaker would. You wouldn't get Damon Albarn in there, though. You wouldn't get Damon Albarn wouldn't be on there. It wouldn't be that. Cooler Shaker would. Cooler Shaker would be. Well, he directed a lot of films afterwards, didn't he? He did two films with Simon Pegg. We really need. Oh my God! This is a disaster, isn't it? This really is, and it's all done by me. Doug Greggle said, "This is just TFI Friday." Yes, it is. Well, so, oh, thank you for that. You've ruined some of this slag. That's really brought me down to it. I've travelled all the way to London to pitch this, and that's what oh, I get back fuck. to me. I've done all these PowerPoint slides. Of, that's like, it. Sneaker pimps and Bush. Oh, Bush would have fucking hated Bush. Remember Bush? Yes, I do. Um, he oh. dated the guy, the woman from um, No Doubt. Yeah. Who was Sneaker Pimps? I remember them. Hey, Oh, I can't remember. Oh, God. Anyway, thank you very much, David, for this week's movie tips. Thank you. I completely lost my way there. I've forgotten even I was tipping movies, and it's just like, you know. David Edwards, random movie Okay, so this week's random movie generator. Wowzers. My favourite bit. This is where we, or Finley, who's not, he's been sulking all bloody morning. I don't oh, know. He's I'm young, he's got his life in front of himself. Uh, he went out last night, he got in at like 6am. That's too young, mate, to be sulking. You should be out there just, you know, Instagram and TikTok in and just, you know, causing mayhem. Yeah. Well, here we go. He's just woken up in the last 10 minutes and uh, he's going to try and find you a film to watch, David. So, are you ready? Absolutely. Okay. Let us find the genre of the first film that you might be reviewing next week. It's. um, Here we go. Over to you. Action. Wonderful. There we go. And the year and the decade. Over to you. Nineteen fifties. That's not good. Action nineteen fifties are not good for Finley, wake up and generate four action movies from Stop the fifties. Right. Stop being a Gen X, not Gen X, Gen whatever snowflake, all right? Here we go. Over to you. Spinning them around in his belly. Please tell Finley when to stop spinning. Ben-Hur. Wow. Now, that would be very interesting. Really? I don't know if I've even seen Ben-Hur. 
I've seen endless clips and therefore I've constructed a version of it in my head. But I don't think I've ever seen Ben Hur from first chariot race to final chariot race. I've never seen it all the way, so that'd be very fascinating. Wow. Indeed. Okay, okay, Ben Hur. This is lovely. This oh, is lovely. Them. Okay, um very interested in that. Uh, bear with David. Um, it's three and a half hours long. Well, there you go. That's when, when you've got a film podcast, you've got to put uh, eating, laundry, other things on hold so you can focus on Charlton Heston's legacies and give a, a tip-top review. Okay, let's find the genre, David, of the second movie that you might be reviewing next week. Horror. Not my usual genre, but I'm happy to tip my cinematic toe in there and see what happens. And now the decade. So. 2010s. That'd be interesting. Finley, please generate four horror movies from the 2010s. Finley has. And, uh... It's now down to you, David, to tell Finley to stop spinning those movies. The Pool. Wow, that looks fucking incredible. Hasn't that just come out, The Pool? 2018. Oh, okay. Fuck me. What is that that about? Why does that look incredible? What what was it about? Um... Bloody hell. Uh, hang on, let me have a look. Uh, in an abandoned six metre deep pool, a couple stranded there with a deadly predator. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I want you to watch that. Okay. Well, I don't know whether it's good or bad, but anyway, right, David. Oh, so interesting. It's not a swimming pool, then. It must be a pool. I don't know. I think it is. Why? Right. We'll just get out if that's the case. <laughs> okay, let's find the genre of the third movie you might be reviewing next week. Stop. Fantasy. Ooh. That's what cinema's all about. Escape is factor. And now the decade. Nineteen fifties. Yeah, I'm always very negative towards these earlier decades, but then you know I can be so pleasantly surprised. I don't know why. How, I don't know how many times I need to be pleasantly surprised. Just be like pleasantly welcoming when it turns up. Okay, David. Uh, Finney has generated four fantasy movies from the nineteen fifties, and it's now down to you to tell Finney when to stop spinning. Sleeping Beauty. Goodness me, back to the Disney. You know, I've done a lot of Disney's, haven't I? You not really I'm, have. Not knocking out. I ain't knocking out. Do you know what I mean? But I've done my. Um, I've definitely gone you've done your fair share. The old classic uh, catalogue. It's quite so, nice that you've uh, you've seen them, you've watched them. Yeah, I can tick them off the old uh, bucket yeah. list. 
DDD PPB said, God, Finley's in such a bad mood. He really is. And why is he in a bad mood? Do you know, did he get tickets for a festival or something? Why is he in such a bad Has he lost at Fortnight? What's gone on? Ecstasy. Ecstasy. Highs, lows. It's too much of a roller coaster. You can't be that happy wandering around some industrial car park with your McFlurry. Do you know what I mean? Sort of like um, wandering in and out the, the glare of the, the lights of closed B&Qs type of thing and then come home. I don't know why I'm going with that. But, you know, um, highs and lows. Okay, David. So, um, Ben-Hur, The Pool and Walt Disney's Sleeping Beauty. I've given each movie uh, an A, a B and a C. I've jumbled them up. Or have I? Yes, I have this week. Or have I? Yes, I have. Or have I? And now it's over to you, David, to choose which movie you will be reviewing next week. Is it going to be A, B, or C? A. Walt Disney's Sleeping Beauty. Here we go. Let's hope it doesn't turn me into a sleeping beauty. Let's, um... I feel like you do these every week. Alice in Wonderland. Bloody doodah. I'm thinking about Sleeping Beauty. I mean, I'm just thinking Snow White. What happens to Sleeping Beauty? You've got Beauty and the Beast. You've got, um... Snow White. She she falls asleep with the apple. And then she's kissed by the prince. Christopher Green says, Christ. Yeah, it does sound like one of the most conservative films. Very basic. Fuck. I'm trying to think what even happens with Sleeping Beauty in the sense that um, well, you're about to find out. It's obviously very. It's like watching Kate Moss on an infrared camera just sleeping. You're going to get to know that film inside out. 1959, David. 1959. Absolutely, my absolute. That period where um. Elvis was uh, on the way out and the Beatles were on the way in. You're going to like this? Oh, yes. One hour 15. Well, there you go. That's technically not a film, is it? I don't think. No. Very yeah, much too. I mean, John Woo produced a Ninja Turtles animated film and it was in the um, late, late 17 minutes, I think 81, and they said, well, that's not a movie. Yeah, so I'm actually, sure it's got to be something like 80, I can't remember now, 80, mid-80s or something. Yeah, yeah. Had, had to add a bit more nunchucker action just to yeah. show the... Uh, the duration point yeah well david thank you so much for this week's uh movie no thank you Random and sleeping beauties um i'm going to be in disney princess mode i think i'll yeah. get myself a, a salted caramel option drink nice and warm Ooh. uh some i've, I've got a uh hot are they are they belt. sort of thick and creamy those or a bit watery Oh, it depends how much you put in them. Do you know what how I mean? How much you so, put in them? Uh, I think I'll just, just put two teaspoons in. I'll go for three and a half. Absolutely. And a few, um, a candorel sweetener, just to give it that kind of like uh, artificial so sweetener snog type of thing. I was going to say kiss, but it's more of a Joan Collins Dynasty-esque snog. Lip latch action. And uh, hit the old time machine button back to 59 when uh, Disney were like, um, you know... Coming up with a gold nuggets. I was gonna say defecating gold nuggets, and I thought that was a bit X-rated, so I paused on that. David, are you ready to go to the patron 
Um, Absolutely. If you are ready, if it hits your time zone, you're okay. Let's, we can do bits and pieces in there. Um, Let's go into the place. Yeah. Let's go for it. Let me put the slippers on. We'll go into the garden, go to the shed. Thank you very much, everybody, for watching. Please tell your friends. Please leave reviews. It's no, so please, helpful. please do. Dear God, if anyone's got a popular Twitter site and they can just make a little comment about us, it would just, you know, it's such a difference. I know we're not like an African tribe, you know, starving or we haven't got a well that works. It's First World Problems podcasts. You can live without it, but it, you know, it would help us. It mm. would. Yeah, it's, um, it's we were look at, looking at the uh, listening analytics, weren't we? And uh, absolutely, we had a boardroom was, meeting. Yeah, and uh, they're, they're they're going up very slowly, but they are heading in. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> we're, we're not the hare. We're very much the tortoise. But um, we're slowly getting to that finish line. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, everyone, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for your time, people. Thank you very much.